this morning we are celebrating Easter Sunday, and we are also celebrating the life of Olivia Stewart. And this is COVID really did hinder things, isn't it? Because we didn't get to do dedication services. So she is now celebrating her birthday. She is two year old today. And bless the family for traveling up, John's family for traveling up as well. But um, some of you are maybe not sure about that dedication services about. It's slightly different for, for the other church denominations would be a christening. We just, we simply dedicate the life of Olivia before the Lord. We're not saying that she's now part of the church. She will make that decision when she goes up. People have asked, are you against christenings? I'm not against christenings. We'll just do it differently. I've got other things in life to be against than families going to gathering together and praying out a baby's life. But no, I'm not against christenings. We just do it differently. So it's very exciting. And uh, it was a challenge to tie in Easter Sunday morning service and a life for Olivia as well. But we've got to get it a go. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20. I'm going to be looking at the life uh, briefly of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was somebody that Jesus cast out. <laughs> cast out. <laughs> I hope it was Lucas said you were drinking in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, Mary Magdalene was somebody that was bound by demons. She had seven demons cast to her for Jesus. One would be bad enough, but to hear seven, she must have been in some state. But she really, really, after that moment, just loved and followed Jesus. A commentary said she was lingering there at the cross. She was last to leave the cross, the scene of the cross, and she was the first to turn up in resurrection morning. Mary Magdalene. There's no loads of stories about her through Scripture, but we do can. She carried a testimony of the power and the deliverance of Jesus, changed her life forevermore, and became a Christ follower. And here we find in John chapter 20, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance while it was still dark. She couldn't see fully if it was going on, but she had a searching, loving heart for her, her Savior. Sometimes God will allow us to keep going and to keep moving and to keep pursuing, even in dark places. That when they fully got the revelation or exactly if it's going on, We've got a searching, seeking heart. God will not always give you other answers at a moment and every second, but sometimes just in the darkness, we have to keep going. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. We cannot John. John didn't refer to himself through the his gospel is John. He referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him, she said. Peter and the other disciples started out from the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. About a sneaky boast for John, isn't it? Like he, I was faster than Peter to get to the tomb. 
He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first was John, also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Verse 10, then they went home. Verse 11, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stood and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. I just want us to look at for a few minutes upon the tears of Mary standing at the tomb. It's a sign of a sad heart that something or sadness had came upon her and she started weeping. People only really weep in that circumstance, in that situation, due to sadness, due to grief, due to loss. I think the story of Peter and John here is worth a mention because it says that they was all there together, weren't they? Peter, John, Mary Magdalene, and another version, another gospel, it says that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there as well. There was definitely Peter and John, according to this gospel, plus Mary Magdalene. Peter and John went in, seen the empty tomb, and it says that John, for that moment, recognized Christ is risen. It's a good news. The Scriptures has been fulfilled. Verse 9, he understood the Scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they went home. But then they left Mary greeting the tomb. Man, eh? Like they got the good news. Hallelujah is risen. And Mary was part of the story. You could what, visualize him going home and telling up, oh, Christ is risen. The scriptures have been fulfilled. Death, where is your sting? And getting asked, oh, for, was it, tell us the story. False was there. Oh, I was me. It was Peter, John, it was Mary as well. And somebody asking, so far's Mary? <laughs> and Peter and John like, oh, forgot to tell her. Oh, oh, I, oh no, I, I, she's, well, maybe just left her back at the tomb. And their excitement, they never, they just left Mary. I don't know if she just felt isolated and lonely. As tears filled her eyes as she didn't get the revelation. And some people get the revelation of the resurrected king quick, like they come to one service and it's he has risen. Other people, it's merely a journey and they feel as though they might be getting left behind in some shape or form. But while man might forget you, Christ never forgets you. And she lingered there long enough. Tears filled her eyes and everything became blurry. And tears always demands a response. 
And the angel says, why? Why are you crying? Why is your heart so sad? It's driven you to tears. Tears always demands a response. You see that in a household, the kids could be playing fine in a separate room until one starts crying. And it demands a response for the parents, doesn't it? We turn into Inspector Clouseau. Why tears? It's driven this child to the pain of tears. We become like the High Council. Far upset this child to tears. Before then, he was quite happy just hearing your supper, watching TV until you heard a sound somewhere in the distance of a child crying. Why are you crying? We had great family time with Clan Morgan, Isabel's sisters and the family. I think there's about at least 50 cousins now. Try Ghana in London, 50 cousins. Parties are great. There's always just that energy or chaos and love and harmony. And things are always going well until it happens. Somebody starts greeting. And you can do good cop or bad cop at this point and just comfort the crying child or an investigation. Why? Because tears, tears demands a response. Why are you so sad? That is troubling you. The angel asked Mary. Mary's seen the empty tomb yet still felt sad. The pictures that we gave in the celebration this morning is with an empty tomb. But you can, we can give the picture with an empty tomb. Still, people can feel sad because it's an empty tomb. Jesus didn't, the Father didn't send an empty tomb to save the world. Why was Mary sad? Why the tears? It's because she was looking for Christ. She had turned up to look after Christ's body. She didn't hear the full revelation or the resurrection. But an empty tomb didn't satisfy the longing or her heart. She had to find Jesus. I could explain to you this morning about an empty tomb could put it on the screen and show you where he used to, where he lay there. I could show you where he was put. I could describe to you how it was bought. It was gifted through a rich man. Joseph, I could explain to you everything and show you the pictures of an empty tomb. And yet you could still sit here in sadness and grief. There's plenty of empty tombs, but there's only one Jesus. My prayer for Olivia and us as we gather, that we would find Jesus and we would search for Jesus and realize the symbols of the cross of empty tombs. It's that will lead us to knowing Christ and the power of His resurrection, entering, participating in His suffering. 
or we might know him. People, you might be here this morning still with a heavy heart and grief and sorrow. It's not an empty tomb that will satisfy that longing. It's Christ. It's Him. It's a resurrected King. The angel says, why are you crying? There's an empty tomb. Why are you still crying? Well, Mary said, I've got to go to Jesus. I've got to see Him. I've got to be with Him. She didn't hear the full revelation, but God was going to lead her. God was going to guide her. She'd just seen in part. Mary was standing weeping. The angel asked, why are you crying? Because they have taken away my Lord. This empty tomb doesn't satisfy. I need Jesus. The symbols doesn't satisfy. The ordinances doesn't satisfy. I need Jesus. She replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. When your chums leave you and forget to tell you about the resurrected king and you're standing there weeping in a blubbering mess, Christ can show up and comfort you and give you hope. Dear woman, he asked again, He asked the same question as the angels did because tears demand a response. Why are you crying, Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener, sir. She said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbanai which in Hebrew means teacher. She's in a moment of confusion. She's weeping. She's looking for Jesus. She says, that's why I'm weeping. I'm looking for him. At that point, Jesus was unrecognizable to her. It could be Jesus didn't just open up her heart to see far he really was. I find it interesting that Jesus never turned around and says, it's me. I'm the one that you remember me, it's me. He said, Mary. Because there was something about the why. Jesus said, Mary. A thousand people might have said our name through that week, but there was something about Jesus saying her name that connected with our heart and said, It's Jesus. Rabbanai. It's the one that I'm looking for. It's teacher. I love the wise Spurgeon puts He says, Jesus did with one word. But preachers try and do with hell sermons every single week. One word. Made her understand what he was. Something in the why your loved ones call your name. And you know that it's them. He revealed himself with one word. He says, Mary, it's like, I know you. I still know you. He could have said, look for I am. Look at my nail-pierced hands. But he calls his name, Mary. And God calls each one of us by name. 
He knows you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows you. He calls out to each one of us, Isabel, Amanda, Dorothy, Alexander. Hear his voice for you. I think that's a pain and a struggle. People are journeyed with somebody that has dementia. It's now that you no longer recognize them. It's that they no longer recognize you. And you might get the full revelation of them when they fail to recognize that you're Kevin and they confuse you with other people. That's the pain of dementia. Because there's something about love and relationship that they recognize for you are. Not just you recognize for their. I pray that Olivia, as she grows up in the ways of the Lord, that she would hear the call of a Savior. She wouldn't just recognize for years and care about the stories of Jesus, but that she would recognize that Christ knows her personally and invites her into a relationship with Himself. He knows you. By name. I sometimes wonder, the name that I've got just now, is that, and I've got an answer to this, by the way, is that the name I'm going to have forevermore? Isabel saying, I, that's the word of the Lord. <laughs> Kevin, like, am I going to be stuck with Kevin? For, I mean, that was a lot of pressure I put on my mom, Mary, and my dad, Jimmy. If this has got to be my name forevermore, it's a very normal name, especially in the 80s. One of the other Kevins in the house, maybe no. Ah, oh, Kevre. Even in South Africa, it was popular. But my, is that my name, or do I get, do I get like a name like a film star? Some film stars, you just can't. They must have been born to be film stars because their names are Leonardo DiCaprio. Like he just, you can't, he was in your class, ooh, he's got to be famous. Kevin doth, I mean, I had a ceiling put on my head at the start, didn't I? Normal. Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, he was just, or just something, and maybe it's because they're famous, and we just get them as, as famous. It says his, our names is written, Pamela's hand, he knows us so intimately, he calls us, he kinds a number, hairs on our had our numbers. He kends us so intimately, and he calls us. He said, Mary. And then she knew far he was because he revealed us himself as the one that really, really knew her. Mary. Just the name. Just one word. Verse 17, she cried, don't cling to me, Jesus says, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to the Father and your Father to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. I have seen the Lord. That's the final point and then we've got to pray for Olivia. He has risen. I have seen the Lord. Mary's a better Christian than me. 
Josiah would run to Peter and John. He left too early. You left me in the lurch. In your face, Peter and John, I seen the Lord. You ran out there and left me a blubbering mess. But I have seen the Lord. I truly met him, she would say, and she became the first apostle with a message of hope that Christ is risen and I have seen him. And the promise to the apostles was that they would go to Galilee and he would meet them there and he met them otherwise on the journey in Galilee as well. I have seen the Lord. Our prayer for Olivia should grow us up the same as ourselves, that we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus through our lives in familiar places and unfamiliar places. I've got to say through these eyes, I'm unlike Mary. I've never seen Jesus with these eyes. And I've seen him as Saul, seen him on that road to Damascus, and he became Paul as he'd seen him in eyes glory. I haven't seen Jesus with my natural eyes. But I'm here today to tell you, I have seen Jesus. I've seen him with the eyes of faith. You don't need to see the full person to say you've seen the person. You mind playing hide and seek? when you were younger, and you could maybe just see their shoe or their leg hanging out, <coughs> hanging out by the side of a tree or something, and you could say, I've seen him. You're caught. <coughs> You're caught. Just a glimpse and you've seen him. So it is with a relationship with Jesus. I've seen Jesus. Excuse me. Hey, I think a wow. I have seen Jesus. Just a glimpse. As we come to the Word of God, as He speaks into our hearts, we see Jesus in the Word. As we come to a place like this of praise and worship, did you feel His presence? You've seen Jesus. Maybe just a glimpse, maybe just His legs sticking out for a tree. Maybe just his tender presence. Maybe you got a word. Maybe you've seen a vision. Maybe you felt a feeling like a burning heart as we praised and worship. You have seen the Lord. You maybe didn't get the full revelation. He maybe didn't appear like he did to Saul. He maybe didn't appear like he did to Mary. He maybe got a different revelation. But if you just know him and sense him for a moment, you can say like Mary, I have seen Jesus. I see him in other people. I see him in familiar places as we come. As we pray downstairs on Tuesday evening, it's a time for we come and see and dwell in Jesus and we recognize the empty tomb, but I kind of just linger in an empty tomb. The empty tomb was supposed to point me to a resurrected Savior. I could look at pictures all day and flick through oh, bonnet pictures and artistic pictures of empty tombs. Empty tombs, Disney, heal a suffering heart, a heart that is grieving, a heart that is lost, but I tell you what it is, Jesus does. Until we meet him. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Praise. Olivia grows up. She will see the Lord in daily life. Only get only deep church, really. We've got other missions going on. Two hours on a Sunday, give or take. 
come and we see the Lord, but to see him also in our daily lives. I want for the building. I want for the euphoria. I want for the worship team. I want for the sermons. I want for the preaching is to see him in daily lives. It's to open up the world daily and to see him. How do you can if he speaks to you? You just, you just linger in his word and his word gives you hope and you think, I've seen the Lord today and you can find him in unfamiliar places as well. And this is when the religious people's heads begin to spin because he bursts out of tombs just to see you. You can even sometimes hear him in music that wasn't meant for Jesus. And it could be just playing on the radio. And there's just something that captivates maybe just a sentence. You say, I see the Lord even in there. He made all things for him and his glory and according to his eternal purposes. And he can speak. Now, did I get my wrong? I did not say grace and ask the Lord to speak to me and then put on a Guns N' Roses album. Okay? That's not what I'm recommending or saying. Just saying, when you're in love with Jesus and you're following him, you see him in different things that you maybe didn't see him before. You could be watching a movie that wasn't even created for him or for his glory. And it could just be a sentence or something you'd see, a communication between people. And you say, oh, it's like Jesus speaking to me. You can look at the universe and nature in a different perspective when you see the sun rise. It's God, I see him there. I see him in the familiar places. I see him in the unfamiliar places. Our prayer is I invite John, Kylie, and the family. I think maybe Jack's gone about as well. He can come up with Olivia. And we're going to pray that she journeys through this life. And she might go through some tears and lack of understanding. But she would hear the voice of our Savior calling her name and a personal relationship with Him. And as she goes through the early stages of life, we pray for our safety that she would prosper. But as she goes to nursery and school and college and employment, through every stage, that she would recognize and see Christ. Even in the most biggest moments of trial, that she would see the Lord she would see the Lord in the mountaintops when things are gone amazing. But as life, and you can as well as I do, if you ling- live long enough, life will certainly throw you a curveball. But to see Jesus even in that moment, so grief and pain, the one that can comfort her like no other, and she would see the Lord. So I'm just going to ask John and Kylie, just a few things that they would bring Olivia up in the way of the Lord. And they will, we will pray, we'll stand together as a fellowship and we'll pray for them. And then we'll end the service with a song of praise and worship. And you can get as much pictures in that as you want. Didn't they look amazing? Even John. <laughs> even John is color coordinated. Kylie. How did you manage that? <laughs> uh, 
well done. And we'll have a proud yet, and it has been the, the COVID. We were been doing this, I guess, at least a year ago. But here we are. We are a beautiful family. We're so proud of you. We love you so much. And a special mention to John's family that's traveled up the road as well. But it's upon me, John and Kylie, do you promise to bring Olivia up in the ways of the Lord? And depending upon the grace and the strength and the counsel of Jesus Christ, that you would continually point her in the direction of faith and by example and good teaching, encourage her in the ways of the Lord. Would you do that for Olivia? Praise the Lord. Let's stand together as we pray. I'm going to ask Isabel just to come out and lay hands and John and Kylie and We'll pray for this wonderful family. Let's stretch forth your hands if you are able. Jesus, we thank you for this family unit, the Stuart family. You have called them to be one. We thank you for the adventure and the journey of faith that they are on. We thank you that they are yours. And you speak their name because you know them. And I thank you that they have a wonderful revelation of Jesus. But Christ, you have a wonderful revelation or them. We thank you for Jack as well, and the boy he's becoming to be in the name of Jesus. And we pray for Olivia. We thank you for the gift of new life. We thank you that right in the very nucleus of the womb that you have ordained her to be yours. And we thank you that she has become God, a healthy, wonderful, life-given child. And we pray the protection of the Lord Jesus Christ upon her life, that you would declare that you know the plans that you have for her, plans to prosper and not to harm her. And God, keep her away for the plans of the enemy. For a young age, we plead the blood of Jesus upon the lintels of our hearts, that she would grow up strong and well and in love with Jesus. And as Little baby Samuel just knew the voice of the Lord for a young age. We pray for a young age, she would see Jesus. She would see Jesus in the good old-fashioned true stories of Noah and Moses and Daniel and the lion's den. As she goes through community kids, powerhouse and youth, she would see Jesus at every stage. We are excited for fit you have got for her, and we declare that the plans of the Lord Jesus Christ will prosper in her life, and your hand would continue to be upon Kylie, John, Jack, and Olivia, and we thank you for this wonderful day of celebration. We commend them and commit them to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bless you, John. Now, I invite the worship team up. Just take a moment to take uh, some photos if you want, and then we will celebrate with a final song of praise.